church one time with everything you got. Yeah, he's worthy. Amen. You can be seated. Praise the Lord. Man, God bless you. Thanks for coming out today. I know you had a busy week and a busy weekend and 4th of July and all kind of good stuff. And I prayed off all the calories on the donuts, so help yourself after service and, and, and the carbs and all that sweet, sugary stuff. And you know, you know, one of these days we're just going to have a big bowl of fruit out there. We tried that one time. We had those little clementines or tangerinos, and uh, we ended up taking about 50 of them home because nobody grabbed them. They ate all the donuts instead. So we are a donut-eating machine church. Amen. <laughs> Praise God. So a uh, quick, couple quick notes really quickly. First of all, I love that song. That's an amazing song, Another in the Fire. And, and, and you need to know that uh, Jesus is with you wherever you go. Amen. Uh, and so uh, if you are a part of mine and Janie's small group that meets the second Wednesday of each month, there will be none this, uh, this month. Uh, we're, not, we're taking this month off. We hope to re-engage re next month, but we'll keep, we'll keep our group posted. And then uh, for our board, board and wives, we have a leadership dinner uh, here uh, Wednesday night at uh, 6.30, and others have been invited, and so that's the reason we're not meeting, and so uh, we're, we're trying something different, and so if you've been invited, uh, not, if you haven't been invited, it doesn't mean you're not a, looked upon a leader. We're trying something a little bit different with a certain group of people, so if you've been invited or have gotten a postcard, please let uh, Emily or Aaron know, uh, and if, if you're a board member uh, uh, and, and your spouse, I don't know that. Yeah, make sure you call. Don't let Emily and Aaron know, like, after service. Please call the office, leave a message, or call on Tuesday. We still have time on Tuesday. Just call on Tuesday, okay? So uh, they're, uh, they're incredibly busy on Sunday, and if you give them your name and that, they're going to forget, and it's not going to be their fault, and you're going to show up, and there's not going to be enough dinner for you, and then it's going to be our fault, and, you know. It, something's just going to happen. So God's good, right? I, I just, I, all the time, God is good. And I just, I feel good today. I, and I, uh, I feel good uh, every Sunday, but I feel exceptionally good today. And I think it's related to the message. I want to, uh, so two weeks ago, we talked about hidden purposes in our life. Last week, we talked about hidden favor. And today, we're going to talk about hidden identity. I, I think a lot of people who are Christ followers they don't understand identity. They don't understand who they are in Christ because we're continually looking back to our past, who we were, how we were raised, who we grew up, or how we grew up. And I'll talk about that a little bit more. But uh, first, I want to read out of the book of Esther, the second chapter, just two verses. So if you'll stand with me for the reading of the Word of God this morning, I would appreciate it. Esther 2 and 7 and 8, uh, he was bringing up Hadassah, that is Esther, the daughter of his uncle, for she had neither father nor mother. She was an orphan. Uh, uh, Esther was an orphan. And listen, for a moment, you need, we're going to talk about an orphan spirit. We need to, you need to rebuke an orphan spirit in your, in your life. That brings upon uh, sickness, disease, infirmity, anxiety. It brings upon that stuff because you, if you're a Christ follower, you are a child of the living God, all right? You are a child of the living God. And, and it doesn't matter what anybody else says or thinks about you. If you are a Christ follower, you are a child of the living God. You you are no longer an orphan. Amen? Somebody say amen. 
All right, so this is Esther. She's an orphan. She had neither father nor mother. Talking about Mordecai bringing her up, the young woman had a beautiful figure and was lovely to look at. And when her father and her mother died, Mordecai took her as his own daughter. So Mordecai was her cousin, but an older cousin that almost acted like an uncle. Verse number eight, when the king's order and his edict were proclaimed and when many young women were gathered in Susa, the citadel in custody of Haggai, Esther also was taken into the king's palace and put in custody of Haggai who had, who had charge of the women. And we won't read the next verse. The next verse, next verse says, and she found favor with him. Let's pray. Father, we pray, Lord, for that favor. We pray for that purpose. Today, we pray for identity, Lord. All these hidden things that we're finding in the book of Esther, Lord. We're, we're looking at our purpose. We're working on our purpose. We're working on, Lord, just asking you for favor every day. But now, Lord, we want to find that identity, who we are in Christ Jesus, Lord, who we are as a follower of Christ. We pray today that you'd open our hearts, our minds, our thoughts, our ideas to receive what you have for us today. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, amen. You can be seated. Thank you for standing for the reading of the word of God. So we look at life and we look at uh, our position in life and sometimes we, we, uh, we kind of say things of what we are. And historians will tell us at this point from chapter one to chapter two, and I've not been able to confirm it. I don't think I'll ever be able to confirm it, but from chapter one to chapter two, could be up to three years distance that's taken place. And so uh, when, if you know the story, King Ahasuerus, uh, he gets mad at Queen uh, Vashti, and he expels her from the kingdom, and now he wants a new queen. And so he has uh, Haman uh, go out and get a bunch of women to parade between, before him. But there's a time of mourning. He really loved Vashti. And again, it could be up to three years. It could be six months. It could be three years. But now... Uh, Esther is in front of the king, okay? And so the reason I bring up the three-year mark is sometimes we bail out on God's plan too soon. Sometimes we like, I've prayed about it, you know, I've tried God, I've tried this, i prayed, and we want fast through prayer service, don't we? It's like, I prayed about it, God did, well, you, that was like 15 minutes ago, <laughs> You, you can't pray about it and then all of a sudden just make a choice, make a decision. Sometimes there's got to be, and here's what I pray. I, I pray, Lord, that you give us a, a spirit of wait, okay? It's okay, not W-E-I-G-H-C, but W-A-I-T. It's okay to wait upon the Lord. In fact, Isaiah said, they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They should mount up with wings as eagles. They should run and not be weary. They should uh, walk and not be weary. They should run and not faint. And so it's okay to wait upon the Lord. And we're not, in America especially, we're not very patient people, are we? So, you know, we get mad. And I've told you my drive-through stories. I, I will not pull over and wait for that at McDonald's. They, they come and they say, could you pull up there? I say no. I, and, I, and Janie can attest to it. I say no every time. No, I'm not pulling over. But there, sir, there's a lane right there. No, the, the lane's right here for me. Because you're going to serve the people before, after me, who's are, and I've already paid for my food. I ain't waiting. Just right here, just give it to me. So, uh... <laughs> Um, you know what? You get the food a lot quicker if you don't have to pull over and wait. Because then the fries are cold, you know, the fish, the, free, the cheese isn't. I mean, all those. I'm not going to get into it today. I'm, I'm having a good day, so I'm not going to get into it. Uh, even when I drive through, I go in. The, I know it doesn't make sense. I, I, I don't like to drive through because I don't want to pull over and wait. But we need to be able to wait upon the Lord. 
Amen, church, right? We have to be able to wait upon the Lord. And so there's this waiting time. And this is the first portion. I'm not going to have a lot of notes up there. You'll have to take them as the Holy Spirit deals with you. But I'm, this is for somebody today. You, you need to learn how to wait on the Lord. And so uh, the, the, the future queen, Esther, she's an orphan. And we, and we understand this. And I, and I want to speak against that spirit of being an orphan. But also sometimes we, we talk about things like where we're from or who we are. I'm the youngest of eight. I, written a bill, I wrote a book about being the, the youngest of eight. And sometimes we're identified like in our community back in Omaha, Nebraska, people would say, well, you know, I'm Irish. That's why I have that temper. Or we had a, we had a community called Little Italy, which the finest restaurants in Omaha, Nebraska were in that community. Uh, Cascio's and Caniglia's and Piccolo's and Malara's and all, I mean, the best food in Omaha, Nebraska was in that, what we called Little Italy. And, there, and we we went to, um, we were in um, Victoria, British Columbia recently, and they had Chinatown. And so Jenny and I wanted to eat in Chinatown. And so if you're from Omaha, you would say what part of town you're from. Well, we were from South Omaha, okay? And other people would be from North Omaha. Some people would be from East Omaha. And, and all the people who made it, they were from anything that ended in West Omaha, Southwest Omaha, West Omaha, Northwest Omaha. And so, it, it's a, but around here, I've noticed a lot of times people will say what county they're from. Well, that's, that's Caldwell County for you. That's just how Caldwell County is. Well, that, that's Catawba. That's how Catawba does things. But, uh, recently, not too long ago, Janie had gotten either an email or uh, a phone call from a lady who said, hey, you need to set this person down in your church. Man, they went off on me on Facebook. And, then I, and so Janie came to me and said, look at what this person said. And we know the young lady that this person was talking about. And we said, man, that doesn't sound like her at all. That, there's no way this, this person is. I mean, this person was, you know, cussing people out on Facebook, and it's like, man, alive, that, that's not, no, that's, there's no way that's her. That, that's, she is not, no, that's a, let's, let's, let's go, let's, let's, next time we see her, let's talk to her. And so uh, we, we asked her, said, hey, this lady called and, or emailed and said that you were like cussing her out on Facebook, and she, she yep, I did. <laughs> yep, I did. She said, Burke County just came right up out of me. I'm like, remind me never to go to Burke County. I'm, I asked her husband, is that true? Yeah, she got a little Burke County in her. I, I asked another person. I said, hey, what's this with Burke County? Because his wife was from Burke County. Oh, dear Lord. Don't worry, don't. Don't tell me about Burke County, man. Those women in Burke County, they just, they just get up right up in your face. And, I'm not going to Burke County anytime soon. If I am, I ain't going to make any person in Burke County mad because they change like Jekyll and Hyde. <laughs> oh, she said, yeah, that girl was talking bad about my little cousin, and I'm not going to have any of that. But <sighs> Do we... Uh, do we address it? Because I don't want her to go Burke County on us either. <laughs> I just, we let it go. We just, you get a pass on that one. I'm not, you tell that lady, yeah, she owned it, but we're not going to do anything. No corrections coming from this poll, but you go ahead and you deal with her. Good luck. <laughs> we, we look at where we're from, and that's not always good. Because who we are now are new creatures in Christ Jesus. And if we're a new creature in Christ Jesus, Burke County people aside, we, 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 have to, 
we have to change, <laughs> okay? We, we, have to start, we have to start doing things different. Like we would say, we're from South Omaha, and that gives us a certain right. In fact, I, I think I shared it last week. That they would call us SOBs, South Omaha Boys, and that had a two-fold meeting. Trust me on that deal, because there wasn't a South Omaha boy you backed in the corner that wasn't going to come out swinging in a heartbeat. And there was like a gang of us, okay? And I'm not trying to make things up. I'm just saying that's, but there, at some point in time, Janie said, Mark, you can't be an SOB anymore. You're, you're, you're a cry, South Omaha boy. <laughs> Dirty-minded people. <laughs> you, have to, you, you have to start acting like a Christ follower. And sometimes I pastor a church. She still has to remind me that I'm not that old person anymore. And so we, we walk then through this. And this is what Jesus, this is the journey that Jesus takes us on. This is the journey that we have to learn through him. And so if, as we learn this in Christ, as we walk forward, then we start to capture our identity. I want to give you a couple stories that involve Jesus based on identity because he would generally describe, most of you know, I'll share it really briefly. My father didn't know his name wasn't Frank at the age of 50. He went into the Social Security office and he found out that they, his parents had never named him. His mom had gotten sick at two years old. It's not like today. Uh, when I got my Social Security number, I got it at 16 when I got my first job. Now you pretty much almost go home with the Social Security number. So now take what, what I was and then remove it another 36 or so years. My father was 36 when he had me and I'm the youngest of eight. So he didn't, he went into Social Security office. He had to do some paperwork. He had served time in World War II and he realized his name wasn't Frank and he had a Frank Jr. His name was Baby Dolphins and it was on that same day that he found out his birthday wasn't January 28th. It was actually January 21st when he moved in with his aunt at the age of two because his mom was sick. Her birthday was January 28th so they just always celebrated the birthday on January 28th and his father, I think, liked to uh, maybe drink a little too much alcohol and so they just celebrated January 28th all the time until he was 50 years old. We had to reprogram ourselves my brother Frank, up until the day my father died, would text everybody and remind, hey, dad's birthday is actually today, not the 28th. Now, that would mess up a lot of people. But see, your past may describe you, but it doesn't have to define you. If you're a follower of Christ Jesus, you need to know that, yeah, I'm going to learn a lot from this past, but I don't have to walk in that past anymore. It's kind of like Jesus said to Peter, get behind me, Satan. I don't, I don't have to fool with that anymore. So Jesus, and, and so, so here's, here's the thought process then. And, and when you walk into a room, I like what one pastor said. Janie said it a couple of times from the pulpit. You say, here I am, or there you are, okay? And, and there's, a, there's a temperature control when you do that. There's a lot of people make it all about them when we should be making about other people, right? We should walk in and say, man, how was your day? How was your week? And I feel like we have a, a church that does that. And church, I want to commend you and, that, and also challenge you to continue to do that, especially as new people come in. Just give them a high five, give them a big old hug and act like you've known them your whole life and just and see how they are in that. So there's two things. If, if you look at it, it's just terminology. One is a thermostat and one is is a thermometer, okay? We kind of think they're the same thing, but the thermostat sets the climate in the room. You might want to write that down. A thermostat sets the climate in the room. 
So in other words, when you, when you walk in the room and you, you hit your thermostat, you maybe you put it down, maybe it's on 78 while you're gone, bump it down to 72 or whatever uh, temperature you like it, you're setting the climate in the room. A thermometer reflects the climate in a room. A therm- you go to the thermometer, it tells you what, how, what the temperature is in that room at that time. Here's the problem with, if we're not careful, as believers, we just reflect the climate in, in America, or re- reflect the climate in the community, reflect the climate in our family, reflect the climate in our workplace, where God wants you to set the climate in your workplace. He wants you to set the climate in your, in your family. He wants you to set the climate. So uh, Janie and I had gone back uh, this past week to visit her mother, who's got cancer, we're praying for her, but uh, Janie and I are high faith people, and the Lord's put that to test with uh, two of our kids, uh, with her health, and so we have to set the, we set the climate. Now, that's not uh, brag, bragging. That's just simply saying, listen, somebody's got to set the climate, so we choose to set a high faith climate. We choose to say, it's going to be all right, and like I was telling, uh, talking to one good dear brother and the uh, friend this morning, he said, it's a win-win. She goes home, she goes home, she gets healed, she gets healed. Yeah, it's a, and that's not a cop-out in faith. Right? That's just saying, listen, we've, we've got to be, uh, God wants us to be thermostats in our, here's what Jesus did when he goes to Jairus's daughter's house, when he goes to Jairus's house, and you know the story, let's peel back a little bit, he's healing people, and the Roman centurion comes up and says, hey, Jairus, he said, my, my daughter needs to be healed, and he says, okay, let's, let's go heal her right now, and so while he's going, there's this a crowd of people moving with him, and there's a woman woman, the Bible says she has an issue of blood. And again, this goes back to identity. Somebody might say who you are or what you have or this or that, but you know you're a Christ follower. You know you believe in Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. And so he says, hey, who touched me? And now he's moving to Dryas' house. It's apparently a distance away. Who touched me? And it's like, Lord, ever there's Hundreds, if not thousands of people around you, I don't know who touched you. Somebody touched me. Virtue has left my body. And all of a sudden, the lady with the issue of blood for 12 years, by the way, and that's an important number. Remember that. 12 is an issue of government in, in, the, in the scripture. So there's 12 uh, in the tribe of Israel. There's 12 in the uh, apostles. And the Bible says either literally or figuratively, they set up the foundation of the new uh, heaven and new earth. And every time you say holy, those 12 times 224 get on their knees revelations the fourth chapter says and they and they bow to the king so every time we throw up words of worship they're on their face bowing to the king of kings that's how important your worship is church and so he says virtues of my body and this woman with the issue of blood who the bible says has spent every dollar she's had to try to get cured to try to get fixed she touches the hem of his garment we believe it to be the prayer shawl we believe that jesus walked with his prayer shawl like a rabbi would although he didn't go to the rabbinical school but they he touched it she touched it and she was made whole now hear me on this this is against Levitical law. If you read the book of Leviticus, it tells everything in there on who's going to die for what, who, in the penalty of this sin. This lady who had an issue of blood for 12 years should have been home. She shouldn't even gone out to have the doctors looked at her. She should have stayed home. And because she had an issue of blood and knew it, once she touched Jesus, she actually made Jesus un, uh, unclean. So this is Levitical law. This is what the battle that Jesus was saying. Was so here, what I'm saying is because of law, 
Not only should she have been put to death, Jesus should have been marked unclean and and had to go home for seven days. If he broke that seven-day rule, he should have been put to death. Now here, let me write this down. The law will kill you. And we have a lot of people that want to point out one person's sin or one person's this or thank God for that. Listen, it's all law. If we've broken any commandments, we've all sinned. We've, it's, we've broken every commandment, Paul says. So here's the deal. When, when he tells, but now he changes and he knows what's going to happen where, where she touches him. He should have been unclean. She should have been murdered or, or put to death for, for touching a man while in her unclean state. He touches her and she becomes whole. Where law kills, grace heals. And that's important. This is why we have to walk in grace with each and everybody. Because if we don't, we can't be the model of grace to people. And so she understands this. He says, your faith has made you whole. She's clean. He goes to Dryas' house. And now he's got to set the temperature. He's got to be the thermostat. Why? Because they, they come to him at the moment. If you read the scriptures, at the moment this lady is healed, this little 12-year-old girl dies. So in other words, it's almost like life for life. She had an issue for 12. The Bible says that this damsel was 12 years old, and she's made whole and healed, and this one dies. It's no no reason to come now. The little girl's dead. And Jesus says, no, she's not dead. She's asleep. He gets to the house, and the Bible says they laugh him to scorn. They just, they, it's, she's dead. Why, why even come? Well, he's got to be a thermostat, and this is what I'm trying to teach you and tell you today. If you walk into a situation, you have to be the thermostat, not the thermometer. He rids himself of everybody in the room. The Bible says except for Peter, James, and John, the mom and dad, the girl, and himself. Seven people in the room, and he prays. What's he pray? Thank you, Father, that you have heard my prayer, that this little girl is healed, and she, and she gets up. And now healing takes place. This is how grace works. This is that spirit of, of the identity, the woman with the issue of blood, the little girl who was dead. No, none of that. Because once you're in Christ Jesus and you start to walk in that freedom of Christ Jesus and you long and hunger for Christ Jesus, that becomes your identity, not what you were or who you were. I'm from South Omaha. I'm a South Omaha boy. The look, person from Burke County who was able to, to you know, really rip into that person because, you know, they're from Burke County and you're Irish or you're this or you're that. Listen, too many times we hang our things on things that the world wants to see us, but Christ sees you differently. He sees you as you are. And we have this hidden identity in our life. We have this hidden identity that says, okay, Lord, who do you want me to be? We talked about hidden purpose. We talked about hidden favor. Now let's talk about hidden identity, those things in our life of who we are. I have a word, I think, for somebody today, and this is, this is really good. So in, in Luke, the 15th chapter, we, we see the story of Jesus talking about the prodigal son. Now, the story of the, of the woman is in the issue of blood, we believe to be real. It's not a parable. The story of the damsel who, who was sick, we believe to, believe to be real. It's not a parable. But Jesus tells us about a parable of a, of a long lost, uh, uh, of a son, a prodigal, who, who went wayward, who, who, who ran away from everything, spent all his father's inheritance. In fact, he, he basically says, Dad, I wish you were dead because I want my inheritance now. And his dad gives him his inheritance now. And he goes and uh, uh, historians tell us it was anywhere from 40 days to, to six months that he, he goes and wastes all this money. He, he's drinking with men. He's 
prostitutes, the Bible says, just all kinds of things. And, and then he comes to himself. He comes to his senses one day. He realizes, hey, I can at least go back. While he was in a pig pen, I can at least go back to my father's house and I can work for my father. I don't at least have to live like this. So his father every day would go out and look for him. He, he was expecting him to return. And by the way, moms or dads, if you have wayward children, you need to, God, you need to expect God to bring them back home. You need to have a spirit of expectation where God will, will bring them back home and, and, and look out for them. Even in the spiritual realm, look for them to come back home. And so they, they look back and they, they come back or he, he sees his, uh, his son and he's coming back home. And so he, he says, hey, go kill the best calf. We're going to have a party tonight. And, and the other son is like, hey, what, what's going on? So I'm going to speak to two groups of people. First of all, if you are ever wayward, you can find your way back home. If you, if you, you know, man, I messed up, don't let the enemy continue to beat you up. It's the enemy that will bring condemnation on you. It's the Holy Spirit that will bring conviction on you. And the Holy, the Holy Spirit will tug at you and pull at you, and the enemy will push you and tell you you're no good. It's not going to work out. You're never going to make it. You're a worthless human being. That's the orphan spirit that we're talking about. Esther had the, she was an orphan. The Bible says it clearly over and over. Who, who is she that she'd be standing among them? She had to seal or she had, she had to keep her identity as a Jewish girl because she was in a different kingdom, okay? They would have put her out. There was a, a genocide period where they they were killing the Jews at the time, and Mordecai was trying to keep that one last hope. And again, if you just have one last hope, that's more than you've ever had. Because it's when the enemy takes away our hope that he diminishes our faith, because now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. And so uh, we see that this son's coming home, and, and, it's, and it's, you know, like, Dad, I was, I was here. I'm serving. You're making a big deal. And sometimes we do that. We make a big deal because someone got, you know, man, their life got changed, radically changed. There's a, there's a new purpose in their life. And, and what about the person who, who, who's just living it every day? What about the person who's like, you know, I hear people, man, they're so fired up right now. This is, oh, it's so good. Man, they're doing so well. And I kind of think to myself, what about that person who lives it each and every day? Or they're not the prodigal. They're just, they do what they're supposed to. They read their Bible every day. Maybe they do a, a devotion. Maybe they go out and knock on a few doors. Maybe they, uh, they attend church every time the doors are open. Maybe they bring their tithe to the storehouse. But sometimes we make a big deal about these guys. Well, Jesus addresses that in Luke's uh, 15th gospel. I think we have 30 and 31, the last two verses. And he said to him, son, you are always with me. All that is mine is yours. Listen, there's an identity crisis sometimes in the house of the Lord. And we look at people that maybe were wayward and they come back in and they come back in with the vengeance. But sometimes that vengeance is fire that just burns out after a while. And this is why we have to pace ourselves. And, and this person here, although he was wrong for being jealous, he was right in what Jesus is saying. And this is a word for somebody. Listen, if you've lived it all your life or most of your life and you've been constant and you've been faithful and you've been consistent, all that the Lord has is yours. There's a spirit and there's a, a, there's a, there's a, a, a hidden favor on your life. Why? Because God will reward those people who are consistent and faithful. God will reward those people who are obedient, who love him. All that he has is yours. Now, verse 32 says this. 
It was fitting to celebrate and to be glad, for this your brother was dead and is alive. He was lost and he was found. It's funny on how he tells the damsel, and he tells the people, no, she's not dead. She's, she's really alive. We're gonna, and he tells the brother, he was dead, and now he's alive. He was lost, but now he's found. Jesus is preaching identity here. And there's two ways to look at it. Either we're, we're dead and we're not alive in Christ, or we're dead to ourselves, and that makes us more alive in Christ. Because when we try to do both, when we try to be alive to ourselves and alive in Christ, it becomes confusing. And people lose their identity because they don't know who they are in Christ. Maybe it's because they don't read the word like they should. Maybe it's because they don't uh, worship like they should. Maybe it's because they, they don't understand or they don't have understanding. But we need to know who we are in Christ Jesus. We need to know what we can do through Christ. We have this hidden purpose and we have this hidden favor, but we need this, this hidden identity. Let's go back to Esther 2 and 7 for a second, if we can. He was bringing up Hadassah, that is Esther. Let's stop there for a second. We know the word Esther means hidden. We know that that's hidden. This is what we're talking about, this hidden purpose, this hidden virtue, this hidden uh, per, uh, promise, this hidden faith, this hidden identity, these things that are hidden that we want Christ to bring up out of us, okay? So we know the word Esther means hidden, but we look at Hadassah, and we look at what does, what does this mean? Well, if you look at this in the true Hebrew, why is she called Esther and Hadassah? Because maybe Esther wasn't her regular name. Maybe this is a name given to her by the kingdom for this purpose. Maybe it's Queen Esther because it's easier than being Queen Hadassah, but when you look at that word Hadassah in the Hebrew, that word means righteous. It means godly. See, it doesn't matter what the world may call you. It matters what God wants to call you. And if he calls you joint heirs, if he calls you a child of his, if he calls you a son or daughter, if he gives you power and authority, it is what God calls you, not what someone else. Someone else may say you're good for nothing. Someone else may say you were an orphan. Someone else may say that you are whatever they've said. But it is what God calls you, church. He calls you sons and daughters of the great most high. See, I would preach it this way in our other church, and Janie would get mad at me. I'm convinced that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego didn't go into the fiery furnace. I'm convinced of it with all my heart. And you'd say, Pastor, that, man, we teach it in, in Sunday school. We teach it in children's church. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, yes, they went in. Daniel, the third chapter, I can show you right here where they went in there. No. So you missed my point. I think Ananiah, Ananiah Mezariah, and Mishael went in there. Because that was their Hebrew's name. That's who met them in there was the Hebrew God. See, Nebuchadnezzar didn't want them to be Jewish, so he gave them names. And some people don't want you to be religious, or some people don't want you to be a Christ follower, so they'll call you a, a Bible thumper, or they'll call you whatever they might call you. They'll call you different things, but when Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego went into the fiery furnace, they went in under the authority of the king, but Hananiah, Azariah, and Mishael came out, because when that, when that king looked in there, that non-Jewish king, he saw that there was a fourth one likened unto the Son of God, and he went in there to, to, to uh, 
to get out, to bring out Hananiah, Ezra, and Mishael. I wonder here, under the authority of the Holy Spirit, if this is why Hadassah's name is mentioned, because it means godly and righteous. See, Revelations 2 and 17 says that when you get to heaven, you're going to be presented a white stone with a new name on it that nobody knows, and it's the only name that you're going to have. You're going to have a new identity, but that stone's already been prepared for you in this realm. Now, hear me on this, church. It's important for you to know, if you find your identity, in Christ, if you find who you are in Christ, it may take some time, but we have to be careful that we're not always resorting to the past. Well, I'm the youngest of eight. I'm from South Omaha. I'm this, I'm that, or it can even be good. I'm a pastor. I'm this. No, we are all children of the Most High God. That's our identity. Why? Because then we're easily accepting one another. Well, what if someone's not a child of God? Then we wrap our arms around them and we love them until they become a child of God. It still is up to them. But that grace, and we see the law in the woman with the issue of blood, that grace is for all people. And the law, which should have killed that lady because she touched Jesus, should have made Jesus unclean according to the Levitical law, the the book of Leviticus, is that he should have been put away, is that she should have been uh, taken to the middle of the, uh, the city and stoned. But Jesus said no. And this is what grace does. Grace says no. Grace says I'm gonna take you the way you are. Your faith has made you whole. She tried every doctor, she tried every person. Now Esther's standing in front of the king, similar to how we would. And the Bible says she's an orphan. But she's 30 days from being named the queen of over 127 entities, 127, not countries, but parliaments. From orphan to queen. And that's you today. However your past has been, however, whatever garbage you may have gotten into yourself, others have gotten you into, whatever places that you've maybe messed up, you're not that person anymore. You're a new creature in Christ Jesus. I ask you to bow your heads and close your eyes just for a moment with nobody looking around. And maybe you're here today and you've struggled even with your own identity. You've struggled with who you are. Maybe you're a, you're the, you know, sometimes we say we're a student or we're an athlete. Sometimes we say, you know, we're a mom or a dad. Sometimes we're a, a child or a grandchild. We're a Grammy or a poppy. We're whatever. And those are good things. But in the, the core of our heart, we're Christ followers. And if you're not a Christ follower here today, if you don't know Jesus as Lord and Savior, all we have to do is pray together. And you can pray right where you're at. But if you're here today and you say, hey, Pastor, I, I, need, to, I, I, need, to, I need to correct my relationship with Jesus Christ. I need, to, I need to, to, to recognize that I want to be a Christ follower. Just raise your hand right where you're at. Right up and right back down. Thank you for that hand. God bless you. You bet. Thank you for that hand. God bless you. Thank you for that hand. Sure. Hey, we, we want to follow Christ together. Mess every person here to stand, whether you raised your hand or not. Can we just give a round of applause for those that raised their hand this morning? God bless you. God bless you. We're proud of you. We're proud of you. We're going to say a prayer. If you need a Bible, we have Bibles over here. If you need, a, if you need someone to pray with, we have people up front that will pray with you. But we're going to say a prayer, and I'm going to ask everybody to pray this prayer together. And, and what happens when we pray what we call a prayer of faith? 
is we just ask Jesus in our heart. The Bible says in Romans, if we confess with our mouth and believe in our heart that Jesus Christ is Lord, and God had raised him from the grave, then we're saved. And that same spirit that rose Christ from the grave now lives within us. We are new creatures in Christ Jesus. We have a, a new identity. And then the, the Bible says, Jesus speaking in John, the first chapter in the 12th verse, that God then gives us the right or the power or the authority to be sons and daughters of a living God. To repeat this prayer after me, dear Jesus, I thank you for dying on the cross, for forgiving me of my sins, for giving me identity as a son or daughter. I ask forgiveness. I receive you into my heart. I'm saved in Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, give a shout to the Lord. Give a shout to the Lord. God bless you. Praise God. He's a good God. He's a, he's a good, good God and he loves you. Amen. Listen, whether you're a believer for 10 years, or you're Christ follower for 20 years, read your Bible. Attend church. Join a small group. Know that in Christ, you can find your identity of who you are. Raise your hands if you're comfortable. We're going to sing a song. God bless you in the genuine place.
darkness bows to him I can hear the roar in the heavens as the space between where's thin I can feel the ground shake beneath us as the prison walls cave in nothing stands between us and nothing stands between and I can see the light in the darkness as the darkness bows to you while I sing that the roar in the heavens as the space between west and I can feel the ground shake beneath the just 
restore in that this morning, restore in that heart. And that's what he wants to do with all of us. So if anybody this morning, you're in the middle of that storm, whatever your storm doesn't have to be, your mama going through cancer, but mine is. But I'm going to stand firm and say, whose report shall I believe? I shall believe the report of the Lord. If the report of the Lord says she is healed, she's healed. That's what I'm going to stand on. Nothing but. I just period right there. I'm done. But even if he doesn't, I'm still going to praise him. Because his, he knows more than I. But I know what the word of God says. And I'm standing on the word. Amen. Like Pastor said this morning. Yeah. We stand on that. Amen. I love that. I love what he said. The law comes to kill. But grace comes to heal. Wasn't that so powerful? There were so many things, but stand on that this week. When people want to put you in a judgment box, and a lot of people, Christians, they do. They want you to live up to how they think it should be. But you live in your judgment, your own box. The Lord says to plan out salvation with fear and trembling. You, you do that between you and God, between you and Jesus. And then don't allow other people's judgment to come in and, and bring you down, but allow grace to heal you and set you free. And you walk in that grace that God has so graciously put upon our lives. And grace, we know, means favor. And I love that, talking about from the pig to the palace um, story, you know, the pig pen to the palace, how he was talking about how he was there. And then the son that had always been there, that faithful son that never left. I'm here, I'm serving you, I'm working for you, and you're throwing a party for this guy. This guy pastor brought that out so beautifully he's always had everything he's always had God's heart he didn't get away from it so all this guy needs to do is say hey God I just am asking you for what is already mine I didn't leave I've always been here so maybe that's where you are this morning you've always been there so just do those three little letters ask ask I've never left I've been faithful God said, you've always had it. Everything that's mine is already yours. So if it's favor, if it's healing, whatever it is, just ask. And then just believe it. Amen. Father, we love you and we thank you so much that you are so amazing. I thank you for that incredible word. I just pray, Lord, that it would just resonate into our spirits, into our hearts, into our minds today. And all week we would just know who we are in Christ. I am who I am by the grace of God. And you made me this way. You formed me this way. You designed me this way. So let me walk out in the fullness of who you have called me to be, that I can glorify you and praise you, and that you would be exalted in everything we do. In Jesus' name, amen. We love you all so much. Be blessed, and we'll see you soon.